Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to see Brad Paisley, country music superstar Brad Paisley, lining up another leg of his Love and War supporting tour for 2020. He's bringing along plenty of friends and special guests to help make it the year's most fun country show. Your chance to see him live with special guests Jordan Davis and Gabby Barrett is Saturday, May 30th at Yasana Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Win tickets Wednesday. We'll have tickets tomorrow. Be listening, and we will give them away. All right, DJ and PK, uh, Tom Brady, and there's a big statement out on social media, and he says he's leaving the Patriots. Thanks a lot of people. Trying to make sure that he leaves, and it's gracious, and there's no more hard feelings than necessary. I don't think a statement can end all the hard feelings for the people who are hardcore fans who want him to stay, but I guess he's doing what he can. So the uh, question out there, which uh, PK just brought up before the break, is he the unquestioned GOAT at quarterback like Jerry Rice? Or is it like running back where it depends on the era, the generation, uh, you know, there are people who think it's Emmitt Smith and there's people older than that who think it's Gary Payton. There are people older than that who think it's Jim Brown. And there's probably another three, four, five guys, depending on what part of the country you live in, that you'd try to make a case for them. But it's just a jumbled mess at running back. It's not unquestioned like it is with Jerry Rice. So, you got an answer to that? Hit us up, 855-340-ZONE. On Twitter, David DJ James. Ben's on the phone reacting to the news that Tom Brady is saying goodbye to the Patriots. How are we doing, guys? Good. How are you? I am really, really good. I think that if you eliminate all the possibilities, Tom Brady might actually go to Tampa Bay. That is what Chris Sims, NBC Sports, uh, said a couple days ago. He said it was down to the Patriots and the Bucks. So if Tom's managing this whole process one day to do the Patriot thing, and then tomorrow he announces he's going to the Bucks, if, you know, he's got it all laid out and has a plan and is controlling it, and Chris Sims is right. Well, the worst part about the issue is, is Tom Brady is not going to do good in Tampa Bay because we have no line. <laughs> Can you see Tom Brady running for his life? No. Like, I don't think this is a great move for Tampa Bay. Like, I really, really would like it to be a good fit, but with the Tampa Bay and the actual front-line situation that we have, Jameis Winston is a decent quarterback, but he's not elite, and I think he has color, like, blindness because he throws the ball a lot of the time to other people. He is in the rare 30-30 club. In baseball, you want to be in the 30-30-40-40 club. But in football, mm-hmm. the 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, that's, a, that's an issue. That's a problem. So, hopefully, at least, you know, if Tom Brady can come down, maybe it can get a little bit more relief in that area. But I really don't think with the actual line play that we have, he's actually going to do good there to begin with. So... I was thinking maybe we should draft some, I don't know, maybe Utah alumni. Well, see, you can draft somebody. Thanks for the call. They can draft somebody and have them learn from Brady because Brady wants to play till he's 45. He turns 43 this summer, so he goes somewhere. He plays for, we'll see how it works out, one to three years. And, yeah, if you've drafted a young quarterback, hopefully 
if the plan works out great, he's ready to step in and he's learned from Tom Brady and he's great. And we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if it's the Bucks. If it is the Bucks, I don't know who's more excited, Miami or Tampa Bay. I think the AFC East would be really happy to see Tom Brady moving along. If you're the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Bills have been the best of those three lately. So we'll see if, uh, see if we have a new champ now or if Bill Belichick works his magic. Uh, to your question, PK, about the GOAT. Is Tom Brady the unquestioned GOAT at quarterback, or is he one of several, like at running back? I don't think it's a running back thing. I think he's the GOAT. I think the difference is with Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice is like secretariat. He is 31 lengths to whoever the second best wide receiver is. Uh, I think Tom Brady's the GOAT, but I don't think he has the separation from the field that Jerry Rice does. Uh, I, I think Tom Brady's the GOAT. If you want to draw the line... I would say that Jerry Rice is universally acknowledged as the unquestioned GOAT, and I believe Brady's the unquestioned GOAT, but I get that there might be people still hanging on, arguing, you know, the Elway, Montana, Bradshaw, whatever generation you're from, where Troy Aikman maybe, if you're a Cowboy fan, you lived in Texas and that was your prime. I'm just not buying it. I think, I think Brady's the unquestioned GOAT, but I don't think... Anybody, I don't think the hard, the hardcore fan of any great wide receiver, uh, who Megatron in Detroit. I don't even think a Lion fan would bother arguing that. I think there's still Steeler and Niner and Bronco fans that might argue. You know, can we get a crazy Bronco fan to argue Elway? I think we can. I don't think we can get anyone to argue with Rice because he's just 31 lengths out there. He's disappeared over the horizon. He's got so much separation. Well, then he's not the undisputed goat. Then he is in it my mind. Make any sense? <laughs> he is in my mind. I think there's other people who have. But not if you just acknowledge that you can. Others can make a case. No, no, not that they that can't. Way. I don't think they Either can. You are, you aren't. They, they will, but they can't. It's Brady, and it's not just the Super Bowl wins. Although I'm not overlooking the Super Bowl wins, it's the sustained level of excellence as the entire cast of characters has rotated around him. I mean, they don't, they do, they don't do seven and nine and rebuild. You know, they, they find a way to win the division and get to the conference title game, the Super Bowl. Record numbers, you know, conference title game appearances, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins. The sustained excellence is just mind-blowing. I can't argue with any of that. I think he woke up this morning after seeing the news yesterday, and he said, I cannot exist here without Van Noy. I'm out. Kyle Van Noy. It's clear. Yeah. Yeah. He saw. I got to get out of here. And they won't have me in Miami, so I'll go as close as I can to be to Kyle in Florida still, up the road a little bit in Tampa. We'll see if that plays out. But, yeah, I don't argue with any of that that you said, but it has to be every – in order for you to be the GOAT, every single person has to say yes. All right. And if All there's right, just fans. Let's hear one dissenter that – go ahead. Let's hear from Bronco fans then. Is anyone still back in Elway at this point? He had an awesome career and, you know, the back-to-back Super Bowls at the end, and he went to several others, and I just don't think his career measures up to Brady's. Brady's the guy. And, man, everybody who has a team wishes they had a quarterback who had a run like John Elway had. So it's awesome. But it doesn't measure up. But I'm, I'm interested here if, you know, we got a lot of Niner fans and a lot of Bronco fans here. Are they going to argue for Montana? Are they going to argue for Elway? Because 
I don't think they should. <laughs> but that won't stop them from doing it. I can guarantee you. I know of one guy, if he's listening right now, probably should call him because he would argue for Montana. No Peyton Manning? Not in my mind. No. A, I don't know you can do Manning. No. Why not? Uh, two Super Bowls versus six. I mean, the, uh, I'd have to count up the AFC title game appearances. I, I mean, I think when when you have a career like, uh, like Brady has had, where he's got as many Super Bowl wins as Elway and Montana combined, when he has as many Super Bowl appearances as Elway and Montana combined, I mean, when you start doing what legends have done and you combine their careers and you did it in your career – you're the goat in my mind, and I don't want to spend a lot of time debating it. But sports fans are crazy, so some might. <laughs> so then Bill Russell's the greatest basketball player of all time, then. I don't see how you can argue. When you double what the other great ones do, there's no question. I don't see how you can debate it in my mind. Using your very words, if you double what the other guy does who's considered the second greatest or even the first greatest, if you double it, then there's no discussion in my mind. Using your very words, Bill Russell, absolutely, without discussion, is the greatest of all time. Using your very logic that you just said, Bill Russell, you would argue that. Bill, so Russell is a victim. Bill Russell is a victim of ageism. The fact is that most of the people who are arguing this stuff didn't see him play, and they are all attached to somebody... They did say see play, Michael Jordan. I mean, the the whole argument against Bill Russell is I didn't see him. Big deal. (laughs) I didn't see the Civil War, but I know what happened. Who cares? The greatest of all time dictates that you did not see every single person. It's the greatest of all time in my era. No, it's the greatest of all time. Not the greatest of all time in my era. All right, hit us up. We're on Twitter, David DJ James. Call us 855-340-ZONE. Tom Brady with an announcement. It's out on social media. I've retweeted it. It's the end of an era in New England. He says he's moving on. He thanks a lot of people. I mean, until he announces a new team or until the Patriots send out a a similar announcement, there's a chance that this is – negotiation stuff to get everyone in New England fired up. But, man, when you read the thing and he goes on and on, sounds like it's over. Sounds like it's all done. Oh, yeah, you got Robert Kraft saying that uh, he deserves his freedom after 20 years and six Super Bowl wins. Quote, except when he plays us, I wish him well. So that's Robert Kraft Okay, there it is, yeah. So feels like it's over. All right, DJ and PK, coming up, uh, we still got people weighing in on uh, how much are you missing sports. Um, <laughs> Casey found, found a gif, and uh, I don't know what movie or TV show it's from, but it's, it's, it's closed captioned. And, well, it's captioned, not closed captioned. It's captioned. It says, I'm fine. It's just that life is pointless and nothing matters, and I'm always tired. <laughs> That's a bit extreme. Good work, Casey. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, basketball, the state of Utah. If you had to pick an all-conference team made up of just Cougars and Utes, 
and Aggies and Wildcats and Wolverines and Thunderbirds. Who's your MVP? Who's your five? Who's on the second team? All-conference, all-state. We will do that next. Compile our list. Right now, Steve Waite joins us from Simply. And if you are a manager or a business owner who's moving employees out of the office and having them work from home, he's got a product that might help you out. Steve, tell them all about it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, DJ. So Simply, we're a local business phone service provider based here in Sandy, Utah. Uh, Our question for business owners is this, uh, how are you going to communicate with your customers and provide the same level of customer service when your employees need to work from home due to the coronavirus outbreak? Does your current business phone solution operate the same whether your employees are at home or in the office? So with Simply, your employees can make, receive, transfer, or put calls on hold, they can text chat, and communicate with customers from home as if they were sitting in the office. Keep in mind, we can also integrate uh, our phone solution into most of the major CRMs like Salesforce, like HubSpot, like Zoho. We provide features such as click-to-call, inbound call pops with your client's information. We can log all your phone calls and text message communication. We work with any size business, so we're talking businesses from one employee all the way up to 300 plus. The idea right now in this environment is we want businesses to be safe, so if you need a phone service that can allow your employees to work from home, please call us. So please call Simply. We can have your team working from home in one business day. Let me give you our phone number, 801 676 or email me steve w at simply.net simply is spelled s-i-m-p-l-i-i again our phone number is 801-676-2222 and dj for listeners mention 1280 the zone and we will give you a free month of phone service all right the free month just got everybody's attention give them the phone number one more time 801-676-2222. 801-676-2222. All right. Thanks a lot. Steve from Simply, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tom Brady on social media announcing he's done in New England, thanking a lot of people, but his days with the Patriots are over, waiting to find out where he lands now. Brady will be 43 this summer. Other NFL news, Kyle Van Oy is leaving New England. He signs a four-year contract with the Miami Dolphins worth up to $51 million and reunites with former Patriot defensive coordinator Brian Flores in South Beach. Dallas Cowboys retain wide receiver Amari Cooper on a five-year deal worth $100 million. And the Arizona Cardinals acquire wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans in exchange for running back David Johnson and a second-round pick. The teams are also swapping fourth-round picks. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residues behind, so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today for just $33 per room. Clean three areas. Your fourth is free. Call Zero Res for details at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at zeroresaltlake.com. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the Utah State men's basketball team, Craig Smith. You know, they don't give you a handbook for this type of thing. It was one of those moments, guys, where I just remember exactly where I was, what I was doing when the NCAA made that announcement that all championships are going to be canceled. You just can't even describe every range of emotion. You see a guy like Sam Merrill, who I've never seen shed a tear, and there was a lot of tears with him. Uh, a guy like Diogo Brito, who Diogo is just a passionate spitfire, and we're all meeting on the gym at center court, and we get done, and Diogo sprints up the ramp. You know, he just didn't want to say goodbye. He didn't want to give hugs, and not give hugs because of the coronavirus. He just wasn't ready for it to be done, and so you got to be there for your guys and support them, certainly. That was a tough deal to go through. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tune in Thursday from 3 to 6, The Big Show. Tom from the warehouse in Orem will be calling in with fantastic deals for you. All right, it's time for the All-State team. College basketball fans, first team All-State, MVP, Coach of the Year. Sixth man, all the traditional awards for the six schools in state. I think the easiest decision on all of this, coach of the year, how do you go against Pope? Uh, how do you go against Pope? Well, you take Smith, who beat the number two or three team in the country and won the conference tournament, and Pope's team laid an egg in the conference tournament. That's how you do it. That's a good argument, but not good enough to unseat Mark Pope for changing, <laughs> for changing the, the trajectory of the program, for building, even though they didn't get the NCAA bid officially, I mean, all signs pointed them getting a five or a six seed, uh, the win over Gonzaga, the ability to take over second place in the league, split with the, the Zags, split with St. Mary's in the regular season. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna let the I'm not gonna let the failure against St. Mary's in the conference tournament uh, change my vote. I, I cast my ballot for Mark Pope. Yeah, he did great with those uh, seniors on that team, the best team that BYU's had in ten years. You, you got to give him credit. The most talented roster they had since Jimmer, and he'd won with them. Go figure. You gonna go with Kata or go with Kata? You gonna Kata did not coach the yes. team. You gonna go with Craig Smith then? <laughs> No, I'm going to go with Mark Pope. No, okay. <laughs> you made the argument, but then you went for Pope. Correct. All right. Uh, state MVP and first team. I think the first team, I got, uh, I got the three Cougar seniors on the first team. I've got uh, Sam Merrill on the first team. I think those four are pretty clear cut. You want to debate uh, Hawes or... Uh, Childs or Toulson or Merrill? Are those four all slam dunks? The only thing that I could have with Childs, and I'm going to use this in my argument later, is that he missed a ton of games. I think he missed, what, uh, 13 games? Nine and four. So he missed 13 games. Yeah. And that's a lot. Now, nine of those. Uh, he could have played, most likely, but the NCAA decided he couldn't. So he wasn't hurt. He missed four games with, the f- what, the finger injury. And I appreciate that he came back quicker than expected. So I'm going to put Childs on that because 
I actually think he was the best player in the state, although I do not have him as my MVP. But those four that you mentioned, yeah, I'll go with them. I think Yuli, uh, his impact in the games he did play was so, so uh, obvious. It, it was uh, it was such a positive impact on the team going sixteen and three when he did play that uh, I have no issue putting him on the first team. Although I think that is something that I generally look at, and I think we do as a group. Uh, you know, how many games did you play, and that that can hurt guys. I think it hurt some guys in the NBA All-Star game, actually, uh, that they'd missed too many games, so they didn't get selected for the team. So I think that's something you factor in. But he was so good in the 19 games that uh, I'm not going to debate putting him on the first team. So the question is, who is the, uh, who's the last spot go-to? And I think there's probably three or four guys who can make an argument for this. Um, I think you could go Timmy Allen at uh, Utah. You could go Ryland Jones at Utah. Um, man, I, I know a lot of people at Utah State will think Kata, but again, to the argument about missing so many games and give him credit for playing hurt because I don't think he was even remotely himself in what, a third of the season that he was out there, you know, trying to give it a go, but. Just it was really the second round in the league he looked better, and for me that's um, that's just not enough to put him over the top. Um, I think the other guy who can go in the mix is uh, Jarek Harding at Weber State. They didn't have a good year; I mean, they had a bad year. Um, but of the twelve games they won, uh, half of them they won on you know his brilliance. If he's not out there filling it up, I think at the end of the day, uh, I'll go Allen. You? As your fifth guy? As the fifth guy, yeah. All right. I, I can live with that. And who's your sixth man? Uh, for me, I think that it comes down to uh, the guy who really plays like a sixth man. Um, I want to... I'm tempted to go Harding, but, I mean, to me, if you need a sixth man, Bean's the guy who plays like a sixth man, and he plays that role, you know, the scrappy guy who comes in, and he doesn't have to have the ball, and he does everything, and he averages the double-double. But I I probably go Harding (laughs) at the end of the day. (laughs) At the end of the day, I want scores. So Harding over Bean for the sixth man. Well, Harding averaged 22 points a game, and I think probably uh, uh, it was just a shade under three in both uh, rebounds and assists. Mm-hmm. This team did have an uncharacteristic Randy Ray-like year. Randy Ray has won a lot of games at Weber State. This year wasn't one of them, obviously, but I'm going to allow him an opportunity to redeem himself, and my guess is Randy Ray does that because he's got a track record of many, many years now. Uh, but uh, Justin Bean playing in all 34 games and averaging, what, uh, 12 points and 10 and a half boards on a team that had high expectations and on a team that needed somebody to step up because Kata, I think he missed 12 games, and in some of those games he wasn't near himself, certainly. I don't know that he really ever got to be himself based on where he was last year and what he did this year. So I think that I would go with Bean 
as my sixth man because he filled a role on a very, very good team that was peaking at the exact right time they needed to peak. And it's hard for me to overlook what they accomplished and only have one guy on that team and have three Cougars on the team. And it's not like when they played each other, they blew out Utah State. So I got to have more representation for Utah State. And I can't just have one and all my awards, coach of the year, top five players, and one sixth man, and only have one Aggie in all of those categories. I just can't do it. I got to have more. So Harding did have a great individual year. There's no question about that. But I got to reward winning a little bit more. And I go Justin Bean. For the MVP, I'm going to go Merrill. I think the other guys at different times, I mean, you just can't discount Haas uh, with some game winners. Obviously, the shot at Houston hopping on the rim and going in was spectacular. But uh, even more impressed with just the poise pulling up and sticking that shot against St. Mary's. But obviously, as good as he was, they were much better when Yoli was on the floor. And what Toulson contributed to have three guys like that, it's hard to say any one of them was you know, had to carry the whole load because obviously usually three of them were good and most nights two of them were good if one of them had an off night. And there were some off nights mixed in. I, I, there's part of me that wanted to go to Childs, but he just missed too many games. And at the end, Sam Merrill from multiple games in the conference tournament, uh, the regular season, certainly Colorado State, that game jumps out at you. And then the last shot of the season, as it turns out, which, you know, we're not going to forget, that's – that's on the, the Mount Rushmore of postseason shots. We talked about that earlier. And the fact that Sam Merrill had to do it with Kata out for about a third of the season, limited for about a third of the season, at his best, maybe for a third of the season, as you point out, even his best this year, you know, how does that really compare to what we saw from him last year and what we expect, the step we expected him to take? Uh, so I go Sam Merrill, MVP. Absolutely go Sam Merrill, MVP. There's no question about it. He sat out a couple of games that were against lower competition just to give him rest. Other than that, he was there. He played the most minutes on the team, even having sat out two games. Uh, He was sensational, and he had the shot of the year. And it's the reason why, in the state of Utah history, he's the second-best shooting guard of all time. (laughs) I see what you did there. So we are practicing social distancing. PK is doing this show on remote. I'm in studio. Yuck, we can't see his face, but we know that look, don't we? Don't we know right now? Is this where you uh, protest your innocence? I don't even know what to say. What am I? Why am I protesting anything? I'm ah. I'm breathing air. Is that why I'm protesting? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're protesting. protesting. You're breathing air. That's it. <laughs> I will now. I will now protest by breathing air. Okay. So I've been writing down your guys' all-state teams. I've got yep. one question for PK here. Uh, PK, you had the four. Your all-state team. You had Sam Merrill, Yoli Childs, T.J. Haas, Jake Toulson. Who is your fifth man? DJ said it's Timmy Allen, but I don't think you ever gave an answer on who yeah. the fifth guy was. Gonna no, be. I, I agreed with him. Okay. I, he Timmy made Allen. the argument. Okay. And uh, they had, I mean, I had a better year than Weber, so 
I look at that team, and that that I, I can't go with Jones on the team. I would disagree on that. But Allen had to carry that team so much. That team, I know, I know they were young, but I also think they underachieved. I think they were better than what they shown. The talent was they didn't get the most out of that team this year. Not saying that they should have been in the top five or top half of the Pacific 12, but I thought they were they were better than what they showed. And even Allen, I think, could have played better, but I think he played well enough to deserve merit on our All-State team. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I think that uh, when you look at it, and I think you're going to agree with this too because we talked about it as the season progressed on the air, is that you know their non-conference record, given how many home games they had and who they were playing, uh, I thought uh, you know the the trip back to uh, the tournament um, where they lost two out of three that was bad. Uh, Myrtle Beach going down to Vegas and and beating Kentucky was obviously the highlight. So the non-conference was probably maybe they were a game off what I thought they would be there, but they were pretty much who I thought. Um, the home record. In conference, 7-2, pretty much what I thought. But the road record, 0-9. If you told me with that young team that they were 3-6 and six on the road and they won a conference tournament game, I think we'd look at it really differently. But they didn't win the conference tournament game. They didn't pick up two or three wins on the road. And they probably did underperform by a game or so in the non-conference. Uh, so at 16-15, and 15, that's one thing. If you look at it and think, well, they, they should be sitting on – and even the hardest core Ute fans got to say 18, 19, 20. And if they just eke out those two, three, four wins somewhere in there, I think we're looking at this season and saying you were about who we thought you were. You know, you were, you were 19 and uh, 13, but you're, you're an NIT team. And, and uh, well, you're a bunch of freshmen. That's what we expect. But because they didn't get the road wins and they did go out in the first conference tournament game, they didn't even win one game there. And they did slip up twice in a tournament that we didn't think they were going to lose twice in, it's a disappointment. I mean, it's underachieving. And plus, some of those road losses, they just got smoked. They should have been able to stay closer. Agreed. Agreed. All right, there it is. Uh, You can hit us up. 855-340-ZONE is the phone number, 855-340-ZONE. And you can tweet at us with your coach of the year, your MVP, your first teams, your sixth man, uh, all of that. You can hit us up. Uh, we got a few people uh, weighing in right now. Um, Parker says Sam Merrill's the MVP and Mark Pope's the coach of the year. We both agree with you on that. He's got uh, Hawes. Toulson, Merrill, Childs, we agree with you on that. And Alex Barcelo, four Cougars. No. Got four Cougars. Better be in the final four. Let's go. Uh, (laughs) uh, Rivolio just says Merrill has to be the MVP. Doesn't care about the other stuff. Sam has got to be his MVP. And he is. Yoli Merrill Pope, Stephen. Stephen tweets at us. Yoli Merrill Pope. So Yoli and Merrill are co-MVPs you don't want to pick? You're going to split it? And no. then Pope for coach. Uh, yes. Jer- Jared says Merrill is the MVP. Pope is the coach of the year and the first team and the sixth man. Meh. Who cares? Meh. Meh. 
We do. M-E-H. Meh. <laughs> yeah, actually, we do care. For the record, we had this segment planned, and uh, we were talking about doing this. Uh, we were planning on doing it after the NCAA tournament, and obviously our plans changed. We were going to let the whole season unfold before we did this, but oh well. Do it now. Sam Merrill fan, Dan, at USU, the right blue. Well, you know how this is going to work out. Money Merrill for MVP and coach back-to-back Baby Smith for the coach of the year. I could live with that. You could live with it, but it's still not the way to go. The, uh, the letdowns uh, midseason. And the fact that the Coach of the Year stuff often, as we point out, often goes versus expectations. And we expected, I don't know that we expected them to win the conference tournament again. We certainly expect them to be back in the NCAA tournament. Uh, You know, deciding in November what's going to happen in any one game in March is a risky proposition. So I can't tell you I thought they win the conference tournament. And we didn't know San Diego State would be this good. So I guess we can excuse the... uh, not winning the regular season title, but there were just uh, there were a bunch of ugly losses. The massive blown lead at Boise State and the loss at Air Force, and there's some tough times. And I guess gets credit for helping them dig out of the tough times and winning the tournament. But still, yes, got to go Pope. Yes, and Mark Pope gets credit for uh, changing things. They as much as they had a lot of guys in place, he also brought in some guys. You know. He, Marcello is a transfer. Toulson is a transfer. Two big additions. They're, they're, I think most people would list them as their third and fourth best players, but uh, certainly two guys who were uh, strong additions. In addition to uh, uh, changing the vibe and playing better defense and uh, you know, a long list of stuff there. Yeah. Right. Okay, hit us up on Twitter if you want. David DJ James, and we will get to some of these coming up. We've got more people weighing in on the other question of the morning. How much are you missing sports? If you weren't with us for that discussion early in the 7 a.m. hour, we'll get to that. We've got a lot of uh, feedback coming in on that. In the 9 o'clock hour, stay with us. Big T Thurl Bailey, jazz analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, is going to join us. A uh, guy who won an NCAA championship, so... You know, NC State, part of that magical dream run with Jim Valvano. So I'm sure he's feeling for the guys who will never even get to play in the tournament this year since it's not happening. And also we can talk to him about the Jazz and the NBA and shutting down. And then uh, Sam Merrill, Aggie guard, who we just declared state MVP, joins us at 930. So stay with us for that right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I think the season being suspended, March Madness being canceled, all these things that have happened, it was inevitable. If it wasn't going to be Rudy, it was somebody somewhere else with some situation that was notable. I don't think it was, oh, NBA player, that's it, shut it all down. I don't think it's, well, if Rudy hadn't touched all these mics, we wouldn't be in this situation. No. The point is, this was going to happen no matter who was the face of it. There really is no point to knowing who started this whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's now about how do we as a collective unit stop it that is why social distancing is in place that is why you are sitting six feet away from me mm-hmm. on a different microphone offset this is not going to be permanent either if we adhere to these right. safe falls that have been placed yeah. tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone how much are you missing sports? We got a lot of reaction from a lot of people this morning. I can't believe 
<laughs> and a lot of them are, are just hitting us with, <laughs> with, with gifts now. Uh, and they're funny. Hit our Facebook page, DJ and PK, and uh, you can have a laugh. From uh, people crying, all kinds of clips from movies. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it's awful. I have to talk to my wife and kids. Damn you, coronavirus. Come on now. Uh, Derek says he's watching Brazilian soccer. Have they not shut down? Jack says, let the reruns of previous times begin. I can't watch. I just, I don't really want to watch, rewatch games. Like, I could watch the fourth quarter of some famous football game. Maybe I could do that, the fourth quarter of a famous NBA game. Maybe I could pull that off. I just, I just don't have the desire. There's enough documentaries and historical stuff out there. I can, that kind of stuff that I've missed because of games or I watched once, but it's been five years. I'd rather rewatch that. Depends on what it is. What have you For seen? Instance, yeah, what have you seen that you liked? The 1987 Rose Bowl. <laughs> I did come across that. Go watch it nonstop. Just, just when it ends, start it over again. You know, the thing I thought about that game watching that is that, uh, and I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a portion of it, and I thought, that's the kind of game Kyle Whittingham would like. Defense, some field goals, field position, more defense, then some defense on top of that. It wasn't a high-scoring game. We're so used now to 45-38. Uh, you know, it, was a di- it was a different era, certainly. Correct. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh was a quarterback for Michigan. And for those who don't know, it's the only time Arizona State has won the Rose Bowl. So that's why I bring that up. They've been in there twice. Uh, I cannot watch the 1997 one. Absolutely. I would never watch it one second. Uh, but the 87 one, I can watch over and over. And that's probably the only one. But I'm like you. You, know, you, you, you cross NBA TV and you see something in the fourth quarter. And you, you know what I did, actually? Uh, not so much anymore. But after I got this job way back when, and even a little bit before when I moved to the area, I started watching stuff. Like If I came across the 1988 was uh, Laker Jazz, you better believe I watched it to get more educated. Now, I remember watching it, but I watched it from the Laker perspective because I was living in Los Angeles at that time, and I was doing some backup basketball, uh, covered a lot of Clipper home games, did some Laker stuff too, including uh, Jordan's M- uh, first uh, NBA title. I was right there in the locker room afterward, standing right to his left when he was cradling that trophy for the very first time. And... But when I got here, I watched that. I watched the Miami BYU football game. Mm-hmm. So when I see when I saw those types of things, to get myself more educated from the state of Utah perspective, I watched those games, and it was interesting watching the '88 series, which was one of the greatest series ever played, as far as I'm concerned, and, and Stockton was just unbelievable. No one, no one played the position better than he did at that time. And watching it from a different perspective of watching it from the Laker perspective living down there versus watching it 
from the jazz rewatching it from the jazz perspective living up here if that makes any sense because it was a different frame of reference that I was watching it to try to see what was going on and and watching even though I had seen it originally rewatching it from the jazz perspective and recognizing the greatness that was Stockton and how he controlled the game and the series really I, I came away, even though I had previously watched, I watched it live, I came away with such enormous awe for the way he played the game back then. When I came here, uh, they would occasionally rerun, um, I think there was a spring deal where they reran during spring football, they reran, uh, I'm a little hazy on it, but I think they reran BYU football games on uh, KBYU before BYU TV had launched. And so that's where I saw some of uh, the big BYU games of the 80s. Some of them I had, a few of them I had seen, uh, but some of the big games predated uh, the Supreme Court decision that enabled ESPN to start televising games. So I had no idea on those. Um, even, even the bowl win over SMU, I remember the game, and it was a holiday bowl in San Diego, but in those days they tape delayed it because they were worried about impacting attendance. Boy, that seems like the dark ages. Anyway, so it was tape delayed, and it got out of hand, and it was way late. It didn't start till 10 o'clock, and I went to bed. I wasn't emotionally invested in it, and it's a good game. Oh, no, it's not a good game. All right, I'm going to bed. It's 1130 now. Man. And then around 1 in the morning, it got really good. But who knew? So you're right. Rewatching those to see how it played out, that was kind of intriguing. Um would you rewatch anything else from ASU's season? Because they were, for people who don't know it, you started this by saying you'll watch the 87 game, but you want no part of watching the 97 game. In 87, ASU uh, beats Michigan 22-15 in the Rose Bowl, uh, but in 97, Arizona State's undefeated, and they're ranked second, and they're playing fourth-ranked Ohio State, and they score late. ASU scores late in the game to go up 17-13, and then Ohio State against the clock, the two-minute drill, and they go flying down the field and win the game with a touchdown, 20-17. to But would you watch anything else from that season, or does that wreck the whole season from you, for you? I suppose I could, but yeah, that... I mean, that was the opportunity. We were going to win our second national championship, you may argue, but the Sporting News gave it to the 75-1, and I don't care if you argue. I just say, poo on you. They, that would have been their second national championship, and I would have been on that. Uh, I, I suppose I could watch stuff because Jake Plummer was at the top of his game, particularly that Nebraska one, which obviously was a non-conference win. And, you know, Tillman was on that team. And obviously, we have a great deal of affection for what he stood for. So, yeah, I could do that. I could easily do that. What I actually do now, though, is during the week, because on Saturdays, I'm very busy, uh, mostly uh, at stadiums. So it limits my TV viewing of other games in the conference. And so what I do during the week now on the Pac-12, they play that the game in the half hour yeah six, i try six, to watch every other conference game that i was not able to see live on saturday i try to well not try i do watch it during the week so i have more knowledge of what went on and more knowledge of the teams going forward over the next uh, whoever if utah particularly if utah is playing that team the following week so those reruns 
uh, I watch, but that's that's for a specific work purpose now, as opposed to just sit down and rewatch the '87 yeah. one and, and bask in my own little pathetic glory. <laughs> I rewatch all the conference games that is being that that were played on that Saturday because they just run them continually during the week, and I and I definitely by by Wednesday. I've pretty much seen every conference game that I was not able to see live because of work reasons on the on the prior Saturday. Yeah, the sixties and sixties are good uh, because the guy gets tackled, and they're not long after that the ball's ready to be snapped. There's so little downtime that uh, it kind of keeps my attention. It gives you a better idea of the flow of the game and. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of replays. Whoever the analyst is, they're they're pretty much cut out of us. It's pretty much it's pretty much all action. There's a, there's a few replays mixed in of the bigger plays, but largely uh, those yeah. things move right along. Okay, let's bring in Steve now. Steve joins us uh, from Simply Steve Wait, and he's got a product that'll help folks who, uh, if your office is transitioning, a lot of people are working from home, but y'all have to stay in touch. Steve, tell them how you're going to hook them up. Yeah, thanks, DJ. So we Simply we are a local business phone service provider, uh, just based right here in Sandy. And our question for business owners is this. How are you going to communicate with your customers and provide the same level of customer service when your employees need to work from home due to the coronavirus outbreak? Does your current business phone solution operate the same whether your employees are at home or the office? Now keep in mind, business owners, you're going to need a better solution than just call forwarding your main line to a cell phone. So with Simply, your employees can make, receive, transfer, or put calls on hold. They can text, chat, and communicate with customers from home as if they were in the office. We can also integrate our phone solution into most of the major CRMs like Salesforce, like HubSpot, like Zoho, and we provide features such as click-to-call, inbound call pops with your client's information, We can log all your phone calls, log all your text message communication right inside your CRM, and we work with any size company, and we're talking from one employee all the way up to 300 plus employees. Now, we want businesses to stay safe, so if you need a phone service that can allow your employees to work from home, please, please call Simply. We can have your team working from home in one business day. Let me give listeners our number. It's 801-676-2222 or email me. My email is steveW at simply.net. Simply is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I-I. Again, that number is 801-676-2222. And DJ, for listeners... Mention 1280 The Zone, and we will give you your first month of service free. All right, there it is. Simply give them a call right now, 801-676-2222. Thanks, Steve.